Hey all, Marty here with another Friday Finds with Lynn. Hey Lynn, how's it going? It's going great. We've got a lot to talk about today. Cool. Let's get to it. So yeah, I was telling Marty, we were talking before the show and I was like, you know what? Everybody has to check their updates now because there's so much happening, so many updates and so many, you know, different apps that many of us use. I guess the first thing we should we should talk about is some some really awesome news. Did you want to mention about the Final Cut Pro and Yeah, sure. So, mm-hmm. yep, there was some huge news in the uh Apple world this week and that is Final Cut Pro and Logic Pro are coming to the iPad. And this has been a long time coming. People have been wanting this for a really long time. So basically, Final Cut Pro is Apple's professional video editing software. And Logic Pro is Apple's professional audio editing software. And it's been on the computer for many years. It's been a staple in both the video and the audio community for many years now, and people have been hankering to get these apps on the iPad. The iPad has been something that they've been making really overpowered hardware for in the past few years, you know, putting M processors into the iPads and, you know, really fast um, RAM and hard drives. But there hasn't really been the Apple professional software to fit the hardware. But now there will be, and it will really take advantage of that hardware they built building out. So people are really excited about that. Um, They did redesign some of them in some areas to fit the iPad more, you know, with some touch gestures, with some new Apple pencil gestures, depending on the version of iPad you have. And uh, all of this is going to drop on May 23rd, and it's going to be $5 a month or $50 a year for each app. So not too bad for most people, definitely at the professional level. I thought it would have been a lot more money, to be honest with you, but actually came in at a good price. I think $5 or $5 a month or $50 a year is actually a, uh, a good deal. So Lynn, you got any thoughts on this? I do. I think that as you you and I had been talking about before, the iPad is really becoming a good, almost a good MacBook Air replacement in a lot of ways, considering that, well, it's less expensive, right? Uh, a, it okay. depends which iPad you get. Sometimes it can uh-huh. be pretty competitive, but if um, you go and- with some of the higher end models, it can be almost as much as a macbook air and with the you know increased power of the um ipads it's really it could be actually an option now that more really powerful apps are coming online for the ipad to use it you know i'm somebody that as i might have mentioned before i'm somebody that likes to move with their tech i like their tech i like my tech to move with me okay I don't necessarily like to be pinned to a desk. Um, Part of that is because I have some caregiver responsibilities with my mom. But part of it is that I'm just kind of a jumpy, antsy person. And I like to move around while I'm working. And um, the the iPad is a great way to actually make that happen 
And now with the increased power and increased capabilities of the iPad, it really, I never thought I wanted an iPad because I'm totally blind. And I always thought, why would a blind person want an iPad? But I can definitely see now where it's like that in between, you know, the phone and the step up from the, the iPhone would be the iPad now. And it's really becoming a device that is worth considering, I think, based on you know, apps like this coming on to the iPad and others and just the the power of it. Yeah. And I would definitely say, you know, you can also plug or either plug in depending on which keyboard you get or have a Bluetooth keyboard. But in a lot of scenarios, I would say it would almost be better than a laptop for some people because Mm -hmm. of its ease of use. If you use a phone, uh, then you're going to be familiar when you go to an iPad if you haven't had uh, an iPad in the past. And for some people, you know, they're not real super techie people and they don't really want to learn the whole operating system of a computer and how voiceover works on a computer if they need that. So an iPad is a great alternative where you can get day-to-day tasks done like email and browsing the web and listening to music and, you know, maybe writing documents And now they're allowing, you know, that span of professional creator to be able to utilize the iPad as well. So I think these are all great things and I can't wait till they come out so that we can see how it all works and where it all goes from here. So I think this is just a really great push forward. And we're waiting for WWDC just coming up. But Yep, just about a month away now. Yes, but our friends at Google have their own Google I.O. yesterday, and there were some interesting things coming out of that as well. Speaking of new or speaking of powerful hardware, um, yeah. we have a <laughs> the Pixel phone, right? With the, the fold. Yeah, so pretty awesome. Yeah, they got a Pixel Fold, which came out. And what this means is the phone actually folds in half, kind of like a sandwich if you were to look at it that way. And so you have a screen on the outside, so you can use it while it's closed, like in regular, it would feel like a regular phone that you have in your hand now. But then you could open it up, and then you have twice the screen real estate once you have it opened up and in the middle. You'll have a whole big screen that's kind of like the size of two phones together or two phone screens together. So there's only one other company that's doing this right now. And it looks like there's some good and bad. It looks like it's going to be a little bit more streamlined on the Pixel. It's going to be uh, a little bit thinner. It won't be as thick and as bulky. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, you know, I don't have one of these in my hands, so I won't be able to really give it a whirl until they actually hit the market. But there, uh, there will be some good new features I think they're bringing that'll be a little bit better than the other. And we'll have to just see how mm-hmm. all that goes as it comes out, hits the market, and people have an opportunity to be able to play with them and take a look at them. Yeah, and I w- I'm wondering how the accessibility is going to be. I mean, I know that it. Talkback um, is the Android screen reader that we would be using, uh, and I didn't hear Google address accessibility at all yesterday, which I was kind of sad about. But let's hope that we would have good access to these new products 
And, I agree, definitely. I hope um, that, that they've implemented the accessibility features into their software so that everyone has an opportunity to be able to use them. I would think that they did do that, but we'll just have to see how it all works. One thing I'm a little bit curious about is I'm not sure anyone has seen a working screen reader on a folding phone. So that'll be oh. interesting. And I would just love to get my hands on that folding phone. I just can't, like, I'm trying to picture it in my head, what it would look like. <laughs> And, yeah, so um, if you were to take your phone and you were hold it vertically in your hand, think of having a second phone on top of that phone. And if you were to put them side by side, that's basically what it would be like with a hinge in the middle. Oh, that just sounds amazing. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'd have to, like I said, I might just have to get my hands on that somehow, see what it's like. And um, Marty can let us know what other things he found, um, you found uh, interesting from the presentation from yesterday. Yeah, so they also came out with the Pixel 7a, which is the middle of the road phone to the Pixel 7. So every year they come out with you know, the phone that has all the features, all the bells and whistles, that one's always a little bit more expensive. Then they come out with the one that has the A after it, which has all the important features, but they leave out some things to keep it a little bit more affordable for those who want to have a solid phone, but they don't want to pay the higher price. So that's what came out yesterday was the Pixel 7a the Pixel 7 was already out. And then there was also a Pixel tablet that was announced. So they're getting back into the tablet market. And we'll have to see what that's all about and how that works once that hits the market. And uh, there was a bunch of other software developer things that were announced as well. So mm -hmm. we'll uh, see all that stuff as it kind of hits the market and uh, ask our developer friends to chime in on all of those things. But Right. And also, um, I guess the thing that I thought was great was that uh, Bard, Google Bard, their AI um, app is now open to everyone. Yeah, there's with, no more wait list, correct? Without a wait list. Yeah. I think it's certain countries. There are certain, is that, I? if I'm not mistaken, it's not everywhere. But I think in and, most places it is uh, not a waitlist anymore. Right. And then also they're talking about really incorporating the AI into regular Google search, which is certainly something I would expect to be the case. Yeah, um, definitely. And we'll just and, have to see how that all looks once it hits and everyone is able to use it. Right. And they're talking about how they're going to, having been able to you know, open it up to everybody. Now there's going to be a lot more input and a lot more training, I guess, from just having the openness, people being able to use it. My whole thing is, okay, if I'm going to help train this thing, <laughs> do I get anything for that? <laughs> no, I, I, I'm just, this is something I often think about, but I used it yesterday and I think it's getting better. I oh, think yeah, it's it getting has, better every day, I think. Yeah, like, yeah, it has um, ways to go. But um, it, I think that I would not count it out. And it's what's awesome is having, you know, this 
plethora of different AI models to use and try and experiment with. Sometimes you have a question, you're trying to do something and say, you know, Bing chat doesn't give you exactly what you're looking for. So you can try your hand at some of the other ones now. You can try your hand at Bard, um, AI, you know, there's always the traditional, the first one that um, open AI's chat GPT. So there's a lot of options out there for people like me who are just crazy about AI. <laughs> well, yep. So, we'll see how it all goes as we move on. So excited to yeah, see all of the new things. Yeah. New, new, new. Just awesome. Okay. So I thought we could touch on some interesting stuff happening with Mastodon this week. Mastodon, of course, is the Twitter, um, would you say? Competitor. Twitter competitor. Yes. I couldn't find the word. And so there's a lot of things we have ivory, which is a Mastodon client and it is, it now has a web extension. Yep. It looks like it came out as of yesterday. I want to say, or last night, I think all the news uh, is hitting today, but it does have mm -hmm. a Safari extension. I haven't had a chance to play with it yet, but I definitely mm -hmm. want to, and I can always report back my findings, but that's yeah, definitely curious. And it's interesting. So we also have Mona, uh, which is another Mastodon client that's very popular. And it has accessibility it has some accessibility updates updates yeah today they awesome. came out actually with a whole slew of accessibility updates and mm -hmm. they're really on top of the accessibility and talking about the updates and, and all of the accessibility they're implementing into the app which is really cool so i really applaud developers who make the accessibility portion mm -hmm. of their app equally as important as everything else. So I Absolutely. think that's really awesome. Yeah. And I think the nice thing about that is that these apps are being designed with accessibility in mind. It's so nice to have it built in rather than, you know, having to retrofit and go back and fix code and everything. If you can just start developing from the start with accessibility in mind it's just a lot nicer i think it's an, an easier path yeah definitely i would agree you know so we'll have see. to play with both of these apps and uh, we'll report back our findings you know once yeah, we get time to play around with them and see we, the new I, stuff in them i think that it's nice that we have options sometimes with you know people just want simple they just want a really an interface that's not cluttered or they don't need it to make their breakfast for them in the morning or whatever. They don't need a feature packed client. They just want something really bare bones or as bare bones as possible to just help you get things done. So I think it depends the people that want the flexibility and the features versus somebody that really just wants a workhorse, something that gets things done without a lot of, you know, bells toolbars and, and bells and whistles and all that. So, I mean, there's definitely a case to be made for both um, philosophies there, not just with Mastodon, but with a lot of different things as well. Choices um, are a good thing, I would say. 
I would say that absolutely. Yeah, even with AI, I think it's it's great when we have choices. Yeah, so, I agree. Um, there's also I saw on David Goldfield's list this morning that there is a Mastodon discussion list, and we have to, I guess, do a disclaimer here and say that we don't we don't have any. Um, particular connection with this list but i saw it and i thought it was interesting it was a discussion list for mastodon for the blind so the subscription you would just send a blank message to mastodon plus subscribe at groups.io and that is a discussion list for uh, mastodon for blind folks so i'm really excited about that sounds good yeah and one more thing on mastodon uh, is that I've, I saw an email this week that NFB, the National Federation of the Blind, is basically stopping its whole Twitter um, feed and going straight and strictly am, um, Mastodon. So I thought that was pretty pretty amazing. I think they're even going to set up their own Mastodon servers. Yeah, so, that's the thing that's going around. People love the technology to be able to not only just have a presence on a certain platform, but to be able to control and have their own server and all of that. That that's really uh, what people are liking a lot right now. So, mm-hmm. and so th- this is pretty exciting. I know that Freedom Scientific is now on Mastodon, so a lot of people are moving over there. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, in the coming weeks, how the uh, the new one by um, the what was the other that we were talking about that Marty, the other Twitter uh, competitor. Oh, that, you're talking about. Um, um, yeah, it just slipped my mind. <laughs> anyway, it was it was developed. It Blue was, Sky is what it is. Blue Sky, yeah, and that's. That's one that people are starting to talk about. And I think we just need to make sure that there's accessibility there as well, because again, choice is really, really important. So I do need to say on blue sky though, it's not open to the world right now. It's only invitation only. And from what I understand, getting an invitation is a little bit difficult and I'm not sure what their end game is. I believe that uh, Jack Dorsey, who used to be, Twitter is now kind of going full in on Blue Sky, but I'm not sure what their end game is. If it's going right. to be something they're trying to get out there to uh, stick around, to be a new competitor, or if they're just kind of using it as a testing grounds for something else. So yeah. this is still kind of what's going on in the back and forth. So we'll just have to kind of wait and see what happens over the coming weeks and months here with that. Yeah, and I think it's hard to I don't I can't imagine that if somebody develops another Twitter competitor, you know, that they're not going to have the same problems that Twitter had with the bots and with the misinformation and whatever. I mean, I just don't know how you can really once these things get really big, it's it becomes really difficult to police them. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But I think if any of us can get an invite there, I think it's important that accessibility is, again, taken into account from the start. Yep. You know, uh, there has been the introduction of the access technology 
um, Affordability Act of mm, uh, 2023. That? This is the Senate Bill 1467. Of course, the cost of assistive tech is a huge barrier to really getting it into the hands of the people who need it most. So this legislation is kind of working to help with that barrier, especially for those of us like me who typically buy their own tech because we're not, I'm not associated with any group or organization right now that can get it for me. But what it is, it's a refund refundable tax credit um, in the amount of $2,000 to be used over a three-year period um, to offset the cost of the technologies. So I think that that's very important, and I think it's something that we should watch. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm sure that there's going to be a lot more said about it. I have one more thing that I wanted to talk about. So I have seen in several different places this week a discussion about, we, we, we talked about AI, and AI is going to re, be replacing humans in many ways. I think we'll be talking about the Wendy's thing this afternoon on, um, on IACast. But um, the, the, the thing is, the question here is, about tipping when you're doing um, self-checkout. So we're all used to tipping when we go to a restaurant. We have a waiter or waitress and they take care of us. They give us, you know, keep bringing us water and, you know, asking us if we're okay or whatever. <laughs> and in appreciation of that, you know, we tip. Most of us are used to it and we just do it automatically. But the question that has been posed by a lot of folks is, what about when you have self-checkout? In one of the articles, I saw a guy went in to get a bottle of water and there was a thing on the screen that said, would you like to give a tip? <laughs> and of course, you know, I, I think we're all sort of like, well, yeah, I'll, I'll tip. And then he sort of thought to himself, wait a minute, I haven't seen anybody that works for this company or anything in the past, you know, since I've been here. Who is this tip going to? So and I know you might say, well, Lynn, you know, it, it, it takes people to maintain the machines and all that, but it's just a little bit weird. Well, and, and we're talking about self-service kinds of things and AI. I mean, what happens when we have robots delivering our meals? Do we say yes to the tip or do we say no to the tip? Well, typically <laughs> and, a tip came... Because your person, whoever was helping you out, whether that was somebody in a store or a server in a restaurant, something like right. that, the customer service was above and beyond, right? Exactly, exactly. But I'm not sure how a robot or a machine could give you customer service that would be exactly. above and beyond. If you got the wrong product, they're not going to say, is this the one that you were looking for? Or did you mean this product over here? Right. Hold on one sec. Let's change this out for you to make sure you get the right thing. I mean, that I don't see happening anytime soon. But hey, you never yeah. know. Maybe it will. You I'm know, sure. AI, AI kind of stirs up a lot of questions in my head. And the more I use it, the more questions like this come up. 
But it was interesting because people were saying they would initially they would see the tip thing on the screen and they would hit it because, well, you're used to tipping. It's kind of like a guilt thing. Like, you you know, are you going to say no? You're going to, you know, get a, have a service and say no to it. But then people are kind of catching on to this and they're saying, wait a minute, who is getting this tip? So it's an interesting question. Um, I have the same question. Who's getting the tip? Who's getting it? Now, the companies say that it's go, it's in a, it goes into a pool and it gets distributed among the existing employees. And that's how they get raises and things like that. And that may be true, but I just think it's, um, you know, if I go into a restaurant and I don't see a human or I go somewhere and it's self-checkout and I see no employees, or if I have difficulty with the machine and there's nobody there to help me, I don't know where the tip is going. So, yeah, this is just really, it's kind of a fascinating thing. And one of these things that a lot of us have been thinking about. So, All right. So yeah, it's been fun, guys. It really has. You know, yeah, so many new things, new developments, new updates, you know. It's kind of interesting and it makes technology exciting again, you know. Definitely it does. And on that note, I'd like to say thank you to everyone. And if you have any questions or comments for us, you could reach us at feedback at unmute.show. And Lynn, say goodbye. Goodbye, guys. Adios. Have a good one, everyone. We'll see you next time.